This podcast is brought to you by UK Coaching, here for the coach. Visit ukcoaching.org to grow your coaching skills and be part of the community. Welcome to another UK Coaching podcast. I'm really pleased to welcome back Paul Shaw, somebody who I met when I first came into UK Coaching and has become a firm friend. And you know, Paul is a, a very experienced coach, former head of performance with England women's cricket team and currently working uh, well I'm managing director of inside leadership a leadership and people development organization when we finished the last podcast myself and Paul just had a brief chat around the environment and the importance of transitions and Paul mentioned so many little nuggets that he had and I just said I invited him back really just to share his views and his approach to supporting players transitioning into a new environment within a talent pathway so Paul welcome Hi, Chris. Paul, if you wouldn't mind just sharing your, just as we did spoke before, your experiences of of what successful transitions look like and why they're important. Um, look, I think transitions are, are really key. I think you know players coming into new environments is really important, but also perhaps later on in in the careers of players and also staff, enabling them to transition out of the environment, the performance environment, into different environments of, of their choice, I think is, is firstly really important. So there's there's two sides for that, I think. I, I guess tapping into the reflections on my time within the England setup, look, it, I think it's really important for any potential player going into another environment, perhaps transitioning up, if we use that term yeah. currently, really getting to know the player before they're perhaps ready to come into the next environment. So going into their environment, so for example, if they're with the England Women's Academy set up, and that programme, that national programme, if there was players that were beginning to progress and move forward, I would always look to spend time in that environment and get to know the players, touch base with the, with the coaching staff, get a better insight into one, the player, but also the person that underpins that player. That that was first and foremost a really important thing. Often the people use the word talent monitoring as an example, and I often think it's it's merged into almost identification and selection. I think you've given a great example there of what talent monitoring looks like. Somebody has been identified by the system, the pathway, or another coach with some potential, and you're taking time to monitor them to look at when they are ready. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it, I think it's really important. I think it's crucial, in fact, because. You know, isn't there the responsibility on the environment that the player's coming into and the people within that environment to get to know that player before they're perhaps ready? I think that's that's crucial. And get to know the person and the character that underpins. Mm-hmm. I think also, I think spending time with the coaching staff that I mentioned that are working with the player is of equal importance because... Gaining their insight and their wisdom on the time they've spent with the player when they're performing well, when the player's perhaps not performing well, when the player's got challenges, challenges in, in if you like, in the sporting world, mm. but challenges away from, from that, I think is, is really important. And how they cope with the perception of pressure, you know, how they cope with that, you know, do they really embrace, if you like, the challenge of, of pressure, or, or do they avoid you know what what happens what makes them tick so getting the insight from different staff from that perspective and also I speak to the coaches in the environment the more local environment that work with the players perhaps on a one-to-one basis get their insight they may work with them for 5, 10, 15 years it's really important to get that and I also try and spend time actually talking to their family members 
and parents uh, and I try and gain insight into their parents and what their parents have done career-wise, how they dealt with situations, what's their philosophy about bringing up their youngsters because that gives me an understanding of the environment perhaps that player yeah. has been in. So I, I, I go to, to that level. I would also look to create an opportunity for the player to come and spend time in that England environment. So come and have a look, come and have a feel, come and get involved in little things, get to know one or two other players and the coaching staff in a really informal way. But I'd do that, you know, three or four times perhaps before they come in and, and find themselves in that environment on a permanent basis. And when they're coming into that environment, I'm, I would be really keen to ask them for their reflections, how they're finding it, what do you think? Uh, you've got fresh eyes. Is there anything you think would be useful for us to look at? So I would always create that two-way communication with myself and the players coming in uh, and also with, with staff and the players. I think that, again, was really important. And when the players beginning to come into that environment on more of a permanent basis, we, we always look to create some type of buddying-up system. And that might not be the same two players buddying up for a period of time or a long period of time, it might be different players that we have buddying up. Mm -hmm. But someone that can support them, can mentor them to some degree, a peer that can mentor them, and also can challenge them a little bit as well and encourage them to grow within that environment. Thanks, Paul. I just I just think back to, to my own experiences that when, when I worked with the, the England Women uh, Rugby League team and uh, an area where I, I got it I got it wrong because I didn't share enough with the other staff. We had a situation where I would, like, like you, I would speak to the, the club coach, I would speak to the player before they come into the environment and I would arrange to meet them and almost like do the front of house piece. So I would always meet them, meet them and greet them, take them, shake their hand, take them around and introduce them to players. In particular, that was very important when a player might be coming in later into the programme and joining while, later on within the system, always coming from a, a club club environment where there was they were the only player and I would host them around and, and like you put them with the buddy and make the effort to check in and, and I think back to one occasion where circumstances dictated I had a play with a quite a significant problem and it was very much at the beginning of the day as a consequence I prioritized speaking to them before a new player arrived just assuming that the other staff would recognize that this player was new and do exactly what they'd seen me do and probably because I, I hadn't been explicit about that. I suddenly got to the end of the day, like you checked in with the player and they, they pretty much said it was a pretty awful experience and nobody took the hand, nobody had taken them around to meet other people, nobody had taken the time to, to ask them how they felt. And I just recognised that that wasn't the staff's fault, that was my fault as the head coach. I hadn't shared that ethos and value. I'd just taken that responsibility on and, and something that I became aware of as a, as a head coach is that that's something I had a tendency to do was, oh, I'll do that. And actually I needed to inform and educate the staff to recognise that if that isn't getting picked up, would somebody else do it? And that was quite a, a big reflection on my behaviours and practice and what I needed to do differently as a head coach. So what are the, what are the things that, if you like, the little processes that you established within your when a, when a player actually came into the environment are there any little things you can share with the listeners that, that might be useful for them to consider on the transition yeah and, and I think I had similar experiences to you actually in, in, in my coaching career and I think perhaps learned through that experience so when I was thinking of a player or when we were thinking of a player the system was thinking of a player to come into the, if you like the England environment I would be up front 
um, fairly informally initially with with all the staff on we're looking at this player or these players to come into the environment. Here's the things I'm doing. I'm tapping into that. Here's the things that I'm learning about the player. Here's some insight into the player that I'm picking up from coaches, from parents, wherever. And I'd be encouraging when the player came into our camp um, that the staff and the other players were as welcoming, were as interested in the players as possible. And then at the end of each coaching day, as you know, you'd have your, your review of the programme. But I'd be really key and really interested in how that player's landed in that environment, what everyone's insight of that player has been, the types of conversations that's happened. Are there any things we need to be aware of? Do you see any strengths? How they're, How is it affecting the dynamic within the within the team so we would have that fairly informally but also some formalities to that as well I think what we've probably identified and highlighted is the importance of successful transitions into a new environment sets the foundations for the experience that that, that athlete gets and, and how well it, how well they understand it and it goes back to the preparation is really understanding the person to, to make sure that that's a good experience for them and, and you mentioned before that you do exactly the same for staff just Final final point, Paul. If a player is transitioning out of your environment, there are any things that you're quite mindful that you, that you do in preparation for that and conversations with a player? Again, I think this is a, a really key area and, and I think goes into the identity of the person as well because if they played for any long length of time and been successful, certainly with a national team, then actually <laughs> does the person they are identify the work or the profession that the player chooses or is it the work and the background you know that if they've been England captain is the identity formed by that and I think it's a really difficult one you know for some players so if there's a point where we can see the player beginning to transition out or start thinking about transitioning out we would always be really proactive and work with them and with our um, certainly our welfare officers our welfare coaches certainly within England cricket to identify opportunities for the player to step out of the environment from time to time to pursue different educational uh, courses for example for the career after the game spend time in different environments it might be if they wanted to go into an organization and into a towards a leadership team or if they wanted to go into umpiring or coaching or they wanted to completely leave the game and go into the media we would create opportunities in their last year or two within the system to enable them to get those experiences build those relationships and those skills and be really clear help them become clearer on their actual identity as a human being uh, and that they're not a cricketer actually they're, they're a person first yeah. and what do they stand for so helping them understand their identity their morals their values their attitude their character other than in that high pressure performance environment think is really crucial and and that's something that we would look to do in that perhaps that last two years of that player's career it's not always straightforward because there's not always that line in the sand where the player's going to leave so we always try to work that into our programs actually from a young player coming into the setup mm. ensure that they're really clear and what they are and what they stand for and I think when it's a, like you mentioned, long-term and a planned transition, I think they're probably a little bit easier. I think the challenge, challenge possibly, Paul, is when a player, because we're talking about the person piece there, when performance drops off and actually they may be transitioning out, have you got any experiences or thoughts just finally for the, for the listeners around what you might 
the conversations that you need to have with a player in preparation for for that transition, whether that's in the moment or preparatory. I, I think one of the the things is, and forgive me for sharing my piece. One of the things that I got nice feedback with my players was in the week building up to to a game on, on a weekly cycle. Um, they pretty much knew from conversations and discussions and the way the practice was done. It wasn't a complete shock. I think we shared before uh, some of the things that my players had fed back to me, and, and it was put us at the front. You made the right decisions, but you didn't you didn't bull us up. So they pretty much knew. So. I think one of the nice pieces of feedback I got from players at the international arena was when we weren't selected it wasn't a complete shock he hadn't told us we were fantastic just not to put us in the team those conversations and discussions in that week had happened so they felt that whilst it's hard to take it was an honest piece of feedback have you got any experiences for that? Yeah, in, in, in terms of managing that I mean, that, I think that is a really challenging area from, from my perspective I always try to create and manage expectation similar to what you've just shared there is it built up to, to games and certainly big games and series I would talk to the players up front so the squad up front of any decision that's made regarding selection is a view to give us the best chance of performing at our best level so that was always that so there was never any personal decisions mm. we took that out of completely out of the equation uh, and we focused on what was best for England at that point in time mm. okay and, and a big, in, big thing to remember isn't it on this moment, on yeah. this day, in these circumstances, this is the decision we're making. Because against different opposition, you might want that skill set, or different conditions, different tactical approach you're taking, you might may, may want different individuals. So I always try to manage that up front, always, you know, way ahead of a series and practice and etc. Um, but when I when we did deselect any players, and it's quite a harsh term, that yeah, isn't yeah. it? I'm not comfortable with that as a people person. But with that in mind. There was always a conversation, proper conversation ahead of the game on an individual basis, which I would share the reasons for. I would share exactly why uh, and perhaps what the player would need to do to get back into that uh, into that team as such. And I then give the player another opportunity to go away, reflect, and then and come back and, and chat that through. And we would be really clear on what would be expected of the players in and around game day as well, players that weren't playing. So I really tried to be people-orientated, respectful, honest and sincere in and around any players being not selected um, for a game. I think what you've said there, which is really interesting, is it's almost like a, a double-edged sword, isn't it? So it's not personal in the, in the selection, but it's very personal and, and, and empathetic in the way that we communicate that. So decisions are made on performance and not about personal judgments, but the way we do it is delivering it to the individual. And I think we've got to be mindful of the experience they're going through and the emotions that are attached to anything about, we talk a lot, don't we, in performance about uh, how people's behaviours act. And when you've got something to win or something to lose, emotions can can take over and and certainly when we're looking at someone missing out on an opportunity or transitioning out of an environment whether it's them or the parents with younger players how they they and, and recognizing we mentioned it in the previous podcast that how we manage our and regulate our emotions as a coach becomes quite important because it's quite easy to get emotive with them and and as you mentioned previously it's looking at what that player needs and giving them the information and the approach that's right for them. So I really appreciate you taking the time to, to share that with us. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Paul. Join us at ukcoaching.org. Whatever you're doing to help people be active and improve, 
we can help you deliver great coaching experiences at a time to suit you.